This episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International is the second installment from a conversation about life and ministry with Cami Burns-Reed, the Assistant Director of Global Scope. We talk through the joys and challenges of outreach and relational ministry, the need to create mental contracts to fight analysis paralysis, and how sometimes you just got to jump into the deep end and try to swim. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to the Fellowship. Okay, so you come back, you yeah. test level four. You yeah, yeah, it's being Spanish. Spanish now. Okay, at Georgia Tech, I know they talk about fourth years and fifth years. Did you end up doing a fourth and a fifth year at Georgia Tech, or did you were you able to cap it in four years? I got out in four. At Tech, you yeah. say you get out. You don't graduate, yeah. you get out. Yeah. It's like escaping. Yeah. <laughs> I got out in four. Um, I had taken some college classes my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, at a local university close to where I'm from. And so between that and like a couple AP credits, and then I took classes one summer, I was able to get out in four and, and I didn't fail any classes in college. Nice. So yeah. I got to just take everything once. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I managed to get out in four. Um, I also didn't do any like co-op or mm-hmm. other internships. I, I worked a couple summers at summer camps and that sort of thing, but I mostly just stuck to yeah. the the four-year plan, but well, I did so, stick around tech a fifth year. Well, that's what I was going to ask a little bit about. So you stuck around for a fifth yeah, year. Yeah. I, I'm guessing you were an intern at I CCF. Was, okay. I was. So, but then you mentioned the camps and then yeah, you yeah. did the exchange internship. How did you decipher between all that? Because I think that's some place that we see the conversation with a lot of young adults that want to serve, that want to do something for the kingdom. And it's usually this pull, this tug and pull between these awesome camps that are working with kids from the inner city uh, and bringing them into a, you know, God's creation in some capacity or some really awesome camp that was formative for them. And then they also have a heart for international. So how did that all start kind of playing out your senior year and then lead into that commitment to be an intern at CCF that fifth year and stick around? Yeah. 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 Um, great question. Um, I think for me, a lot of stuff, just, I don't want to say fell into my lap. That sounds mm-hmm. so like um, oblivious to everything else that was actually going on. I mean, CCF fell into your lap. It sounds like that. CCF <laughs> like threw itself into my lap. Yeah. Um, yeah. With with the camps. Um, so I ended. I served at a camp in North Georgia the summer before and the summer after I did that exchange internship okay. with CMF. The summer before, you know, a lot of us, a lot of uh, women who were part of CCF actually all went and served together. So oh, it was really? Just, okay. Yeah, at that, at that camp. So it was kind of like a, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. You want to do it? And so there was, a, there was a good group of us there. And then I actually ended up going back the following summer because I wasn't stateside that spring to figure out what I was going mm-hmm. to do. So the, the easiest thing to do was just say, hey, camp, can I come back from yeah. Mexico? And they said, yes. Yeah. So ended up doing that both summers. And I mean, for me, that was a good break. Georgia Tech's in midtown Atlanta. I mean, you're right in the middle of a city. And so, um, camp for me was, it was, it was good to, you know, be more like a nature oriented, um, setting. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, really fun. I worked with an adventure program with the 16 and 17 year old girls. So we weren't actually on 
the camp property much. We were doing a lot of like hiking, caving, whitewater oh, rafting, wow. that kind of thing. That's so, awesome. Yeah, totally. Go do that. <laughs> it's so fun. It was the most fun thing. Um, yeah. So fun to get to do that and call it work. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, I really really enjoyed that. Um, both of those summers. But didn't hear the siren call to go do that for a couple years after college. I did not. Yeah. I mean, for me. I, for as much as I love that experience, um, honestly, camp work outside of the summer isn't very relational. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if anyone hears this and wants to sure. dispute that, they might but say. There's oh, a lot no. of build up programming you're trying to build for up sure. to the summer. For so sure. I so I loved being, yeah, hands on in in the thick of it with with campers in the summer. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm a pretty relational person. And so to really pour your heart and soul into someone for 12 days isn't like <laughs> that yeah. rewarding. Like I kind of, after having been part of a campus ministry, um, both stateside and in Mexico, I kind of thought, you know, even a school year is kind of short. So yeah, um, yeah camp camp is a lot of, you know, you're all in for a couple of weeks. Um mm-hmm with, with people. And I wanted to do something that involved a little bit, um, longer of an investment of time in people's lives. So yeah, my fourth year at Georgia Tech, my last year, I was a a part of a senior leadership group there, um, where, yeah, it's really just designed to give those senior leaders, um, you know, the, put them in the driver's seat of the campus ministry, Mm -hmm. give them the chance to, um, lead and, um, learn. So they're really being mentored by some of the staff there and poured into um, connected well with each other and kind of given some uh, influence over different groups. So that, that year I was um, really connected with the freshman students. Okay. Um, kind of doing the freshman outreach Bible study. Yeah. So, all that. yeah. Mm-hmm. so then that following year um, I decided to apply. Well, later that year I decided to apply to be an intern there for the year after graduation and I was accepted and I ended up serving with sophomores. So it was the same students that I had oh, been cool. really poured into my senior yeah. year as a leader. They were freshmen. Well, the next year they were sophomores. And so um, that was just really um, rewarding to get really two years yeah. of um, life with them and ministry and connectedness. And then um, during that intern year, I did decide to, uh, apply to serve long-term with CMF Okay. Uh, in Mexico. I wanted to go back to where, where it had all begun. Mm-hmm. And, and so and for you from the get go, it was two years plus, like I'm in, I'm in this for a, a good chunk of time. Or did you start out yeah. like some of our folks is one year to 18 months kind of ex- still exploring kind yeah. of. So actually after I had done the exchange internship in Mexico, the team there really tried to get me to come back and be an intern there. So rather than interning for a year at CCF, they were like, come back and serve with us for a year, come serve mm-hmm. with us for a year. And I was really torn um, yeah. because, you know, I had this desire to go back to Mexico um, and so it seemed like the quickest way to go back there was to go intern there or, yeah. but I also, you know, didn't feel like my time was totally done at Georgia tech mm-hmm. uh, and at CCF. And so that was, that was a tough decision for me um, to be torn between those two things. But basically I decided when I decided to stay and intern at Georgia tech CCF, I said, okay, but I am going to go to Mexico. Like I had yeah. this like almost fear of, um, if, if I don't go back now, will I ever go mm-hmm. back? And so right. I said, no, if I'm going to intern, 
then I am going to go back to Mexico. You made a deal with yourself in some ways. With myself and, you know, held yeah. my own feet to the fire and said, yeah. I'm going to do it because I'm not going to spend the rest of my life wondering what it would have been like if I mm -hmm. had gone back. Like, yeah. even if I go and it's terrible, at least I will know. No, I, so, I love that. Yeah. at the so, time, so many of us get caught in the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, exactly kind of mindset you know exactly so you were like no if i'm gonna do this thing i gotta do the other parts exactly uh, exactly and you know kind of with that same mindset like a ministry internship is really to prepare you for ministry in so many ways and a lot of people intern for a year to campus ministry and then go do something else afterwards mm -hmm. um but i thought you know if this is worth doing for a year it's worth doing for longer and that was just kind of my mindset not that i had ever said i'm on a path towards ministry as a career you know that idea didn't even get planted in my head until actually until I was doing the exchange internship in Mex Mexico. But um, it was, and I, you know, it's funny here I am now all these years later, I'm still like, I don't know if I'll do ministry for the rest of my life, but who really does know? Right. Um, the person but, that has it all figured out usually is the person that doesn't actually know what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that the case? Yeah. So yeah, um, that was kind of when I said, okay, when I apply to CMF, then I'll, I'll go for a couple years. And at the time it was, um, to be like a long-term missionary, you had to affiliate for three years. That had okay. kind of shifted mm -hmm. right in that time. Yeah. Um, for Global Scope, at least. I feel like a lot of times other mm -hmm. missionaries, they were, they were going for longer times. Mm -hmm. um, but for Global Scope, it was three years. And I kind of made a deal with myself that said, if it's really terrible, then maybe I'll quit after two. <laughs> <laughs> I have all these like yeah. mental contracts. Like if right. I'm going to go, then, I got to go do it. But yeah. if it's terrible, like I'm not going to make myself stay forever. Right. I love Three that years you did, felt forever. You did the mental gauntlet though. I think so many times people, even the prospect of thinking through the decision, like, or, or making these mental mm -hmm. like contracts with yourself, just the prospect of doing that like keeps people from even stepping into the experience. They stay with the familiar, you know? Sure. And so I think the fact that you were able to weigh those consequences out, think it through next steps. What do I want to do? How long do I want to be there? You know, literally on the ground and when can I hit eject and all those types exactly. of things, uh, I think is a really healthy way to approach the decision-making process, especially as a young adult, at least uh, I'm going to give you kudos. I, I think that that's awesome. I think it's I appreciate that. Really you know, I think, that was a skill I kind of learned throughout college because when I went to college, one of, one of the many paths I had considered when I was going to be the person making a ton of money and giving it to <laughs> wonderful things was that I, I thought I wanted to go to med school. And um, it was so hard for me. Like I could not take like one test, like a physics test or a chemistry test. Or anything. I could not take a test. Like I would be answering a question and it was like, if I don't get this question right, then like I might not be able to get into med school and then I won't be able mm. to be like, it was like, I used to just really get into that analysis process yeah. and I, that, that was um, just a gift. I think of the college experience in general was kind of having just more of that big picture view. Like yeah. it, life is about so much more than like um, the grades that we make and the, you know, the, yeah. that sort of thing. It was, um, I, Thank you for the kudos. That was a, a learned skill. <laughs> yeah, like that's I did cool. not come out of the womb with that yeah. ability. I used to get way in the weeds and sure. like everything felt so consequential. And I think by, by the end of college, I just had a little more open-handed view of like, mm -hmm. two years is not that long. I can sure. go do something for two years. Do you think that that was, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely want to, you know, you're saying it was something you developed, you honed over time. Was that partly being involved with an, 
you know, a really big and vibrant campus ministry, like seeing the way the spirit moved through that campus ministry and people's lives and, and ministries around the world. I mean, w- would you say that it was like that mentality was being encouraged and enforced even as you're a part of that community too? It's like you're seeing it in your personal life, like trying to control is a bit too much. It's, mm-hmm. it's causing a lot of stress and anxiety. And then maybe, I don't know, I'm just thinking in, in what you're sharing, it seems like so much is what you were learning through your involvement with CCF was probably really being enforced or enforcing that mindset of like, hey, there's bigger stuff going on in life. Uh, God has a lot more going on uh, and you can be a part of that in two years is really not the end of the, <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> totally. I, yeah. I, just for some context, I was in college from 2004 to 2008. I graduated mm-hmm. and um, that was a really um, special and energetic time of Global Scope's history. And so I, I think mm-hmm. that a big part of why uh, Global Scope was so um, inspiring and attractive to me as even, you know, considering an exchange internship and that sort of thing. I mean, that was a special, special time. And Georgia Tech CCF has always had um, a, a special relationship with Global Scope because uh, initially Global Scope was a partnership between that campus ministry and CMF. Now Global mm-hmm. Scope is one of CMF's strategy areas and we're yeah. very much a part of C- CMF, but at the time it was a partnership. And so um, it was just really cool. You know, I got to college that fall, fall 2004. And, um, that month, I mean, that's when the team was headed to Salamanca, Spain uh-huh. for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, that is when the team was headed to Pueblo, Mexico for the first mm-hmm. time. And so that was, it was, there was like, a an energy, like it was palpable yeah. to be at CCF during those times and just hear people uh, talking about, Oh, I, well, I'm going to go to Spain next semester. Or I'm going to mm-hmm. go to Mexico next semester or, I just got back from Thailand or Chile. And so um, there, there was just an energy and an excitement around Global Scope during those years specifically. It was off the ground. I'm, I'm young enough to where Global Scope was already a thing. Yeah. But it was, um, there were a lot more options. I mean, to yeah. go from three ministries to five ministries during my freshman sure. year, fall semester. I mean, that was, that was a big jump. and um, uh, Super exciting time. It was, it was yeah. really cool. And so... Um, I think that that openness of people coming and going, I think for a lot of people, you know, the idea of if you're only in college for like eight or 10 semesters, missing one of those to go be abroad somewhere can be a little like, it can give you that sure. FOMO of like, yeah, what's going to happen? You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to miss football season or, mm-hmm. you know, spring formal or whatever it is that you yeah. really care about. Yeah. And um, to see people coming and going and seeing them go um, abroad, but then to come back with, um, maybe clarity about their own calling mm-hmm. or future mm-hmm. or um, just the stories that they told and the relationships they had built. I mean, that, I think there was a real openness to that and a real yeah. um, generosity of, you know, the, the strongest leaders or the, you know, these people who I think some, some ministries want to keep all the great people around as long as possible. Cause you know, college is so short. Um, but the fact that people were coming and going the whole time, it was just really cool to see what that meant for CCF. Mm-hmm. And what that meant for those people. And so I think, I do think that was absolutely um, yeah. part of me unclenching the fists a little <laughs> bit and being willing yeah. to be a little less controlling, a little yeah. more um, willing to think that maybe, you know, God might have plans mm-hmm. for my life or, <laughs> you know, might have opportunities even. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't, I'm not a person who thinks that like, even with all that, you know, 
conspiracy CCF stuff early on when I got to college and yeah, how I was like, yeah. I can't get away from this. I don't think that God has one plan for us. You know, I think that we yeah. always have a ton of doors that are open and we get to choose um, mm-hmm. how we, you know, respond to opportunities. But mm-hmm. I do, um, I do think that I, I kind of opened up my own um, trust in that and, and, you know, eventually yeah. let go of any, you know, those professional plans that I had that were, sure. you know, various and numbered, but all involved lots so, and lots of money. What was, what was your degree that you ended business. up doing? Business, business management. Business. So yeah, eventually yeah. it was that. I started off chemistry because it's a med school mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually switched. Yeah. I, business management is kind of the like <laughs> clearest cut way out of Georgia Tech. If you're, if you are a numbers person, then yeah. it's like, you don't have to get too sidetracked with yeah. uh, engineering things. Nice. So I'm, I'm not nice. an engineer. <laughs> I, uh, I love a lot of engineers. Mm-hmm. They're great people, but that's yeah. not me. But yeah, that was another reason why I was able to get out in four sure, years. Sure. So you're in that cultural moment, a lot of fun energy at CCF. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just sounds like just a sponge soaking this all in, and then it's informing the ways that you're looking at yourself as well as looking at your future. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned Courtney Wilson. You mentioned the young lady that engaged with you when you were a freshman uh-huh. there, move-in day yeah. in the dorms. Were there any other particular people that were influential? Or like, was there one person that like challenged you to, to do the two years or the three-year commitment? Uh, was it one person or was it a myriad of people that uh, along the way were influential on getting you uh, to the field to serve for those three years? Yeah, there were a lot of people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the person, one of the people who helped me move into my college dorm was Katie Mosby. So she's mm-hmm. great global scope legend. Um, I um, was Rick Harper. I mean, he continues to be um, a pretty influential person um, for a lot of people. And so he, he definitely encouraged me um, to he always he was always like you're you're from you're from Georgia you went to school in Georgia like you need to get out you need to go do something else it's so nice. funny because like he's also from Georgia I went to school in Georgia and still lives yeah. in Georgia so I, <laughs> I have called called that out of him now yeah um but yeah I um lots of interns and stuff over time Courtney was big Becky Fernandez Bagwell she was my intern my sophomore year and she mm-hmm. also joined the Pueblo team so um she was she probably gave me better reasons than Courtney did more like mm-hmm. uh you know, professional reasons. Yeah. Courtney was like, it'll be fun. Come on, let's go. And that's, yeah. that's what I chose to repeat in my interview. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, when I was an intern, I w- worked with sophomores again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. Neil Baker was really big in that he had spent a year in Mexico city right before that. And so um, getting to hear, um, about his global scope experience was really great. Um, he's also just a great example of kind of a steady, faithful campus minister. You know, yeah. he's been at CCF forever. Um, yeah. Not really forever, but for a very, very long time. And almost 20 years or so, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think more than that. Um, yeah. So and, then yeah. you affiliate with CMF. You're going to go mm-hmm. do global scope and you locked in on Mexico because yeah. you had such a phenomenal experience as an exchange intern. What was the support raising process like, though? I mean, you got to do some support raising yeah. before you go commit those three years uh, to to the field. What what was that like for you? Yeah, um, Naoma was another big person, and so uh-huh. I, wanna, I can't yes. can't not mention her. 
Um, but yeah, so Spursing was interesting. So like I mentioned, I graduated college in 2008. Ooh. So for those of you mm-hmm. that remember, that was when the economy was kind of all over the place. And so that made it a little bit tricky. Um, I kind of thought, oh, I'll, all my friends will get all these like high paying jobs and they can mm-hmm. be my supporters. But then, like nobody could get a job yeah. um, post-graduate. I was one of the first people uh in my like graduating group to get a job and it was with no global way. scope and that was after having raised all the money like people were having a to christian kind of work. nonprofit. right <laughs> people were working kind of like below there were a lot of underemployment during that time so like a mm. lot of my friends were like just hourly wage jobs or yeah. um that sort of thing like not not raking in that big money like i thought they were going to um so that was tricky i mean also just even the other um like the other people you end up raising support from your parents, friends, and that sort of yeah. thing. I mean, all of those people, lots of people were losing their houses, losing their jobs. And so it was a really tricky time to, um, to make the ask because yeah. you didn't know people's um, mm-hmm. financial situation. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I w- was able to raise my support in less than a year. Whoa. Really? So awesome. yeah, I, I like did the assessment center and, um, support raising training stuff in early 2009 mm-hmm. and then went to the field January 2010. So wow. yeah, um, it was really cool just to see how like God had been up doors and made some new connections. And I got, yeah. I was, I think I had a lot of church support, especially for global scope standards. Um, you know, we, I think they're kind of back in the day, it was like all, a lot of missionaries were like primarily church right. supported. Mm-hmm. And then with global scope, that wasn't really the case because a lot of students, a lot of people who ended up doing global scope might not have even grown up in the church. A lot of them mm-hmm. had been, had become Christians through campus ministry and whatnot. So they didn't have that church base. Well, I did. I mean, having grown up in the same church um, and then there, there were a lot of churches in the area where I had connections through summer camps and that sort of thing. So I was actually able to get pretty decent church support, which was wonderful. Um, Yeah. So, So, yeah, less than a year of support raising. That's awesome. Typically, yeah, that's the outlier, usually. I I always tell people a year to 18 months, a little longer than that. But uh, that's pretty awesome that you're able to get onto the field. You said January 2010. Uh Uh-huh, yep. So I moved to Mexico January 6th, 2010. And I remember the date because that's a holiday in Mexico's Three Kings Day or Epiphany. Um, and I always laughed because like, that's not a, a gift day in the yeah. U S but I said, that was the gift to Mexico. Oh, here I am. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm here. And here was I it am. a, was it I'm here? And then, Oh wait, nobody cares kind of situation. Oh, or was it like, no. Oh yeah. You just jumped right into the community and I felt like this right is home. And everything. Yeah. I mean, I still had a lot of connections, even though those three years after I'd studied abroad, there were still several students who had been around that whole time. And so, um, definitely had some connections right away. Also, I took a page from Courtney Wilson's book and my first semester in Mexico, that spring 2010, I had three students that had been part of my sophomores group at George oh, Texas. Yeah. Cool. Three of them came and did the Global Scope Exchange internship that semester. So I had nice. three built-in friends right away. I mean, those, those were like people who were near and dear to me because I'd been hanging out with them when they were freshmen, again, yeah. when they were sophomores as their intern, and then now we're all in Mexico together. So 
Uh, I love that model. That's something I've tried to get a lot of people to try to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I swear it'd be super fun to do. It hasn't, oh, totally. hasn't worked out yet. Oh uh, yeah. 10 out of 10 to, would to recommend. Yeah. So that's cool. So your first semester there, you've got these built-in friends oh, yeah. that are part of your, their, their exchangers there. Mm -hmm. What did ministry look like though, that now that you're a full-fledged CMF global scope missionary staff member, uh, at, at the campus ministry, like, are you doing language school too? Cause I, I know that's sometimes a challenge for some people is they're, they're balancing language school and time at the campus ministry. What, what did that all look like for you? Well, funny you ask. Um, I don't know how you teach your kids how to swim. We, <laughs> we're like swimming lessons people in our uh -huh. family, but, yeah. um, I was definitely thrown into the deep end nice. yeah. as a campus minister on that team. Um, I got to give the talk at a ministry event the second week I what? was there. Yeah, In Spanish? In Spanish. Oh, my gosh. So that was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like to say I was never even given the time to, like, stress out about mm -hmm. what it would be like to give my first talk because it was like I got there meeting like I guess I arrived on the sixth so seventh we're in a meeting they're like all right you're giving the talk next week no way uh -huh. wow. um I joined a team that had three married couples and then Courtney and myself and then there were mm -hmm. also three interns that semester so we had a big team yeah those three um like one year interns yes. at the ministry and then there were also a handful of exchange interns okay so wow yeah tons of people in. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, we were. We had a ton, ton of people coming in there. Yeah. So obviously, um, yeah, it wasn't like I was a huge game changer in the team as far yeah. as like numbers or anything. But no, I got to give the talk right away. I mean, my Spanish was okay. You know, mm -hmm. like it was there. Sure. I knew how to write a talk in Spanish. But I would <laughs> not say that people were curious if I was Mexican when I stood up there and started talking. They, I think they yeah. were very aware of my Southern American accent mm -hmm. and my language foibles. You, you, didn't, you didn't sound like uh, Kristen Wiig in uh, Bridesmaids when she's maybe. trying to speak Spanish. Yeah, maybe. A little maybe bit like that. a little bit. I don't know. We'll have to pull, pull some footage. But yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was great to just jump in on that. And I was, yeah. I was kind of given a leadership group to help co-lead. And so that was wonderful. Um, of lots like of, seniors, like these not seniors. seniors at the ministry. There was just, there, there were several different groups that were, you know, all different global scope loves to make everybody a leader. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's and one so, of your, your kind of core values. Of for sure. Frame, discipleship right? through leadership. And so I, I had a leadership group. It wasn't, the the senior gotcha. leaders or anything yeah. but yeah just that was that was great too to just be handed a group of people and say hey pour into them mm -hmm. um because there was also a big component of outreach as well i mean i've always um kind of been drawn towards the outsider people people who definitely aren't interested in campus ministry mm -hmm. or god or any of that you know like those are my people i like yeah. a challenge so yeah. um always outreach um especially early on as like a young single part i was 23 so i, was, I wasn't mm -hmm. that far removed from college world um right. i could you know, I, I didn't look creepy if I was <laughs> at the bar with students or anything. Yeah, yeah, I blended yeah. in all right. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I uh, was definitely I into the like outreach and spending as much time with students as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so but for you now, you're not an exchange intern, so you don't have a reason to like be on campus in class. Right. Did you take Spanish intentionally so you could get on campus? Type no, thing, I didn't. Um, back then, they like? were a little more generous. I think also the guards just like 
let me walk on the camp. You know, I would take a backpack with me and kind of try yeah. to like yeah. look like a little college student. Um, but no, I, my Spanish was at a spot where I just really needed the reps. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of had done the Spanish learning. So I wasn't mm-hmm. in language school. Um, so it, um, yeah, all the yeah. all the lecture stuff was up there. I just needed yeah. to get better at it. Yeah. So that was more about meeting one-on-one with students, that sort of thing. So I didn't have like language partners per se, you know, a lot of we'll, we'll do that model in global scope, like tandem yeah. partners, but I didn't really do that. It was just like, all right, we're going to get coffee and we're going to talk in Spanish. And like nice. mine is not as good as yours, but yeah. bear with me. Yeah. And so I'm obviously a talkative person. And so yeah. I think that helps, you know, um, I'm not super embarrassed to make a mistake those are just mm-hmm. you know funny stories that haven't that's happened key, yet that's the key to language right there sure. i think is so. being willing to sound dumb until sure. you don't oh yeah uh, exactly <laughs> so definitely between you know just talking a lot more than your average person and mm-hmm. thinking it's hilarious when yeah. i make a mistake even if it is you know embarrassing. Well, un- unpack then your your week of ministry what did it look like as well as maybe the semester so yeah, what were some yeah. of the things that you had as like big rocks in the week that you did uh, from a, from a rhythm of ministry, as well as big rocks throughout the semester that in your first three years, um, just kind of lay out the rhythm of what things look like for you. Yeah. Well, that first year, so 2010, um, we were doing kind of one constant the whole time I was in Mexico was that we did a Tuesday night um, event. We called it in vivo, which just means like live. Mm -hmm. And it was, that's when there would be a, faith-oriented well there's free dinner faith-oriented talk um some music sometimes like a skit or a video or something fun and funny um celebrating all the new people that are there but that's kind of like a this is who we are this is you know the, our big thing um we also did a free lunch event at that time during uh, the week so that, at most of the time i was there it was a thursday lunch um and that was great. I mean, big crowds, like yeah. free food, short talk, but definitely more of just like a throw the doors open. Um, mm-hmm. So that was usually our biggest event. So creating that sense of belonging. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, there were different times where we would do like coffee events. Sometimes it was like Cafe Inglés, which is just like an English cafe mm-hmm. uh, where people could come and practice their English, you know, play Scrabble or mm-hmm. watch a TV show or something like that. Um, um, but then sometimes it was not English oriented. So we would just do a coffee event where people could come and hang out and speak whatever language they wanted um we were uh one of my favorite um things that we did in mexico that culture or or not culture per se that context means i mean college students in mexico you if you're a college student anywhere in the world then there's some degree of privilege going on right Mm -hmm. like you're able to be studying the one percent yeah yeah studying as opposed to working right Um, Even if you're not coming from like a super um, privileged background. But with that, with Mexico, I mean, there, I think when a lot of people hear Mexico, they don't think about privilege of any kind. They're thinking maybe a mission trip that they've been on or something like that. Um, Because a lot of Americans and specifically American Christians, their exposure to Mexico has either been like a resort Mm -hmm. or it's been um, across the border. Yeah. Right across the border. And so we, um, even not being anywhere near the border, we, we did have a lot of opportunity to serve um, people of less privilege. And so mm-hmm. we would uh, volunteer at an orphanage. Uh, we would just go hang out with the kids, play soccer, play flag football, play on the playground, color, braid hair, you know, whatever, just hang out with kids. 
which for a college student is a really good thing to do. A lot of college students need to like close the laptop and go play for a couple Mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. So um, also with college, like you're so much of your time in college is spent with other college students. There's not a lot of that intergenerational stuff. So to go hang out with kids is a really great thing to do. Yeah. For like your own mental health and your own yeah just well-being and well-roundedness mm-hmm. uh, we also volunteered with a home for the elderly which was wow. awesome so if you're not yeah. really into playing soccer with kids go hang out with the old people mm-hmm. we do some like balloon volleyball uh, <laughs> less bingo, high impact sports <laughs> for sure um singing you know mm-hmm. coloring puzzles uh just talking we take them snacks and so it was fun we the first time we ever went, we took like apples, but a lot of old people don't have Yeah, teeth. I was going to say, that's, that could be problematic if you've got yeah. dentures. So nice. that was um, the only <laughs> week we ever took apples. We switched to yeah. bananas. <laughs> or applesauce. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we would take bananas and yogurt and just yeah. have snacks and juice with the that's old cool. people. I mean, that that's was really a awesome. highlight of my week. I mm. still, the team still volunteers there now and I'll still get, um, you know, pictures and videos mm. from the old people. Um who are part of that, but we, we would try to serve, um, both in relational ways like that, the orphanage, the home for the elderly, but also just picking up trash off the street, volunteering with other local, um, nonprofits, you know, clean up, painting, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but just trying to instill a service mindset in our students and practice that ourselves as a community. Um, something that I, um, I kind of like a mindset I like to, to think of with global scope is our communities are, following Jesus, even if all of the people who make up that community might not claim that on an individual level. But, you know, as a community, we still had weekly rhythms of serving other people, gathering together, um, sharing meals, praying together. And and those were things that we did as a community and um, just really trying to embody that. What what does it mean to follow Jesus? So, yeah, service was a big part of um, our ministry there. And I, I really loved all of that. Thanks for listening to this second episode with Cami Burns-Reed. We will have that third episode coming out very soon. And finally, because we are still a relatively new podcast, it would be so helpful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the Fellowship Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will ensure that more people can learn about CMF International and the phenomenal ways that we all can be connected to God's mission in the world.